0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Boy, you can tell it's wintertime starting up because I've got a cold, and Brian's back in, in the mountains, back over the, the Allegheny Ridge here in West Virginia, and I don't know how he's feeling, but it's starting to drag a little bit. How you doing, Brian?
1: Yeah, I had I was battling that stuff for a couple of weeks, but feeling pretty good now.
0: And I'd like to get it over with, you know, it, it's the usual fall cold that hits, you know. And of course, with the COVID thing, everybody's, oh, what you get tested? And I said, I go through this damn thing every year. You know, it's, it's time to buy the NyQuil and the DayQuil and, you know, just kind of sweat it out. Hey, we're not talking about health stuff. We're talking about sports and Jay's out on the road again today. So he's not able to make it. So I'm hoping that at some point before Christmas, we at least get Jay on, a, on one, or, one or two shows. We'll see. I mean, we only got three more shows left before Christmas anyway. But talk about Christmas coming up. It's the end of the warm up part of basketball season and the beginning of the, the new world. And I'm going to kind of invert a little things. Most of the times we start with men's basketball for no fair reason, I suppose, is just, you know, the prejudices, the number of fans for men's basketball versus women. And I'm kind of up promoting the women and you got to remember my take on polls are there's a lot of favoritism in polls. There's not a whole lot of really hard analysis in polls. There's still a whole lot of people that have a lot of favorites. But the women being recognized in their top 10 and now up two notches for their very impressive win over Tennessee was even though Tennessee isn't really as good this year as they could be, they are a tough basketball team. And it was it was a tough game. It was televised. So for everybody who missed it on TV, shame on you, there was a little overlap with the men's game, but the women's game was pretty exciting. Uh, And I was pretty thrilled with the outcome, of course, because we won. But Brian, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm amped up. I mean, I even got a call from Joshua after the women's game. And he's like all excited going, man, if we get a national championship out of women's basketball, I'm getting a t-shirt.
1: I think, uh, I know Tennessee isn't the same Tennessee as we, we were growing up with Pat Summit, but I think anytime you go to, to Knoxville and you beat the Tennessee Vol- Lady Volunteers in Tennessee, I think it's an impressive win, and it's a good thing for the Hokies, the Hokie Ladies, good win, and man, how can you not be excited? Because they have everything. They have a post player. They have good perimeter scoring. I mean, there's Kidley is a, a legitimate national player of the year contender i mean it's just a really exciting team
0: in the tennessee game it's just a little bit of change kidley was not a real big scoring presence in that game now she was a really big presence down low and played the entire game but she was an off ball player she was not an on ball player. she was not hitting her or she was not able to sink shots just she was off But, you know, in watching the game, Tennessee just decided to take her out. They called several fouls on Kitley that were not on Kitley. They were on the other player. But they were playing her, basically decided to freeze her out. And under the assumption, I guess, maybe that that would be a real methodology of getting ahead. Well, they didn't count on Kayana Trailer coming in. And being the steamroller from outside, from short, she was putting up points all over the place. And then at Georgia Amore again, putting up double figures. So they froze out Kitley, and the other players on the team came up. They rallied up, and they took over then. I thought that was pretty amazing. And Deja Gregg came off the bench and put in half a game, about 20 minutes, and put up 11 points in 20 minutes, 10 or 11 points. I'm not looking at the stats right now. But it's, it, it's, it was pretty amazing. And this was a different kind of game. You know, the other games we, we talked about and we were laughing about it. Remember about the last week we were laughing about the fact that, you know, the, the girls were like grinding people into the court and everything else. Well, this one wasn't a grind to everybody into the court. This was a close game. This was from the opening buzzer. This was a close game. And they won this close game. And I think that's the difference in a champion champions go out and they win those tough games when they've frozen out your best player and everybody else has to rally up that seems to be a thing in basketball that i've noticed i don't know about you
1: yeah it'll be interesting to watch them as the acc schedule begins in full and in, in january that's where we we learn a lot about our teams and conference play when you play the rugged conference schedule multiple games per week play the same teams twice i mean it's you learn a lot about your team then, and, and even the best teams are vulnerable against the lower ranked teams in the conference. So it'll be fun to watch the Hokies in the when the ACC play begins. Yeah, and that comes next
0: week for everybody who wants to know. To actually, this weekend they go up to Chestnut Hill to play to open up their ACC play against Boston College, which is no small, rinky dink team. As a matter of fact, two of our transfer players are from Boston College, and Taylor Soul is one of the starters. And, and I think there's going to be a little measure of revenge in, in that heart. But okay, so that's the women's basketball, rank seven, and kind of the bridge over, we're going to switch off to men's basketball here in the last three minutes of the first segment, and then kind of bleed it into the second segment. And this is more of your bailiwick than mine. I've, you know, I, you know, I track it, but this is, you know, we've split up the division, and you've been really concentrating on the men's basketball. And my observation is, is that the sports media is pretty much dissing us. And we, we, we were like twenty eighth, I think, in voting with twenty seven votes in the top twenty five. Not that I really care, but it, you know, it just tells me that people aren't really paying
1: attention either. Well, I think part of the issue with with basketball is the, the big thing these days are those quad wins like quad one wins quad two wins and they're going to look at the Hokies right now and and sadly North Carolina's not really a quad one win now because Carolina's lost four in a row falling out of the top 25 but, but anytime you beat North Carolina it's a big deal in basketball but this is the same North Carolina team that went to the last year the NCAA championship I, I thought that North Carolina team They got on a roll last year, but I never thought they were good enough to win a national championship, but they got hot. I mean, we saw what the Hokies did to them in the ACC semifinals last year, but as far as Carolina, they got hot. They can't play defense. They're not a good outside shooting team. They, of course, have good players, but they're more slashers. I mean, they really missed Baycott yesterday. had Baycott played for UNC. We may have seen a different outcome of that game, but no one cares. The Hokies won, and... When you look back at the schedule, you're not gonna say, Well, Armando Baycott didn't play that day. But anyway, we turn our focus now toward Dayton. If you use, if you recall Dayton beat us last year in Dayton. That was a that was in that December stretch last year where we were feeling a little bit I think we had high expectations last year and that Dayton loss was one of those losses where we were like, Man, we're not gonna make the tournament this year. Of course we end up making the tournament, but we can't slip up against Dayton on Wednesday night, and then we, we followed up with Oklahoma State and Grambling before we actually begin ACC play for good, and that's on the 21st of December at Boston College. That would be our second ACC game, but that's when the schedule truly begins. As far as out-of-conference games are done, it's full attention on with the ACC, but as far as what we're seeing from the team right now, Sean Padula leads us to score an average about 17 a game. Mutt's averaging 14 points and almost 10 rebounds a game. Basili's averaging almost 14 points. Couture's averaging 10. And Darius Maddox is about nine points a game. MJ Collins is getting some good run off the bench, freshman guard. We still have yet to see Rodney Rice, but I do believe in January we'll start seeing him. So, but that's where we stand right now. And as far as the game Wednesday night, looking forward to it, I believe we'll win, but that's why you play the game.
0: Yeah. Well, when we get back from the break here, real quick, we'll pick up a little bit. I think. I think we pretty much wrap the men's basketball game, unless you got some more to say. Because we got a lot to talk about football wise. Because the portal lit up. So let's take that break, and we'll be back. You can catch our podcast here at Gobbler Country on Apple, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, and our publisher, Megaphone. Follow us on Twitter at Gobbler Country. And Facebook, just search for Gobbler Country and look for our turkey. Hey, welcome back from the break. Brian, we talked about basketball in the first segment, and that's really going really well. But as we've said before, football never ends. And today was the big highlight day of the opening of the black hole. Free agency. Yeah, the college free agency. And this is a conversation I had with Joshua back and forth. He was going over the plans and all the stuff and recruiting this and moving and building up all of this stuff. I said, stop, wait, we've got a major change here. And and we've talked about it before, but this year with the nil wrinkle that's really changing things, we have gone to collegiate free agency. And it's a lot like major league baseball. And you and I, as baseball fans, know how to suffer through all the you know total free agency stuff. I mean, you know, news that Verlander's going to the Mets, and you know, we now we have that happening in college football. It's it's free agency. So it goes from planning and multi-year, and I'm going to rebuild in these number of years. That's, that's going away, and it's going to happen. It's going to disappear very rapidly, isn't it? It's, going to be, it's about what's the here and now? What, what can we do? this season because that's all they have
1: let's talk about what the Hokies have done so far when, yeah. when i say when i say done i don't mean we've added yet but we'll get to that in a minute but just since last week um you couldn't officially enter the portal to today unless you're a grad transfer if you're a grad transfer you could enter earlier than the fifth but you could make your intentions known by a tweet which most of them do same customary i thank god i think coach pride i think whoever else but anyway the whole messaging is they're in the portal and some of the guys that we've lost are DJ Harvey, Matthias Carroll, Caleb Smith today who was our top receiver last year. Those are just a few of the guys that, that we've lost uh, notable names, but we've Armani Chapman today who is a multi-year starter or some of the names. And we're going to have a tracker on our website where we're going to we're going to track every Virginia Tech player who enters the portal, where they end up going and whoever we sign back from the portal, which I do believe we're going to be very active in the portal as well. And I think when Coach Pry came last year, he hired the GM-type role, which the bigger schools have, and that's what their job is, to mind the portal. So, and I really... John, as we talked about last Thursday, we said then there was going to be a lot of good quarterbacks hitting the portal, upperclassmen quarterbacks. And, and I noticed that's been the theme today. We, You know, you saw Djurkovic from, from BC, a good player. He's in Pittsburgh, which he's a Pittsburgh kid, if I'm not mistaken. That was a perfect match for him. And then you've got, well, he's not there officially yet, but that's where he's going. And then they talked about DJ from Clemson, which... I don't know how Dabo never made that switch earlier in a year because the that wasn't working. They they may go undefeated if Cade's the starter there for the whole season. But anyway, he's gonna he's gonna end up somewhere, and mainly out in the West Coast because he's a California kid. And then there's gonna be the one that really struck us was Christian Velou from Penn State, former four star kid. He's from Ontario. Apparently, he is has a really close relationship with Tyler Bowen. Who was our offensive coordinator and and the hope that i have here is that maybe james franklin who has a five star a friend well he's going to be a sophomore next year i think going to be starting next year what i'm hoping is franklin is pushing this kid to pry in the hokies saying hey here's your chance to start you have a relationship no i don't know that there's no inside information there I'm, this is me speculating but that would be a big addition for that kid he's six four about 210 good arm good accurate guy but I would love to see us land him. I think it'd be a it'd be good optics wise if you could land a kid who's a former four star played at Penn State. Of course, you know, I still think Prime makes him compete for the job, but I digress there. and another name to watch is Jeff Sims of Georgia Tech, another former four star. Jeff Sims, I think fits more of what we've been accustomed to at quarterback. He's that true dual threat guy, got a big arm. I'm really intrigued by Jeff Sims. He hasn't really. He's had some big moments there. He helped He helped him beat UNC there a couple of years ago. But I would, I would really be intrigued by Jeff Sims. And, and it, I heard today we, we in Indiana were linked to Sims. Now, I figure he's going to have a lot of interest because of the dual threat skills. But those are two of the names. I think Velu and Sims, if we get anything less than that, I'll be very disappointed. If we have to reach down to Marshall, no offense to Marshall, but we can't win with taking Marshall scraps. I mean, I'm sorry. We need to go get a real quarterback. Now, I saw Devin Leary entered the portal today. It's a pipe dream that we'll get Devin Leary. He's going to end up in the SEC somewhere, I'm sure. But there are a lot of guys, and I saw today that we've thrown out a lot of offers to transfer portal guys. And a lot of the the guys that we've focused on are defensive line. John, we've talked about it before, and we need to improve on the defensive line. So they know that. I mean, they've put out at least five offers to kids in the portal on the defensive line today. So I expect to see a lot of action there on the defensive line. And another, right before we recorded tonight, another name popped in the portal that's very familiar to us. And that's Tony Grimes, former number one player in the state of Virginia at UNC the last three years. Never understood why he went to UNC. I'm not saying he should have picked Virginia Tech because I mean he had a chance to go to Georgia. Now, why would you not go to Georgia over North Carolina? Well, we we can probably figure some reasons out. But but I mean he's in the portal, and I know there's been a lot of a lot of talk about Grimes, and he's not lived up to expectations and all that. But man, I would love to see Pry get him to come to Blacksburg and play next year to go with the Mansour Delane and our other young DBs. It would it would be exciting. So Tony Grimes is a guy that I'm watching. Do I expect him to come here? No, but I do think it's worth watching. I'm interested to see if we actually offer him again. So that'll be something to watch. But I figure today was a busy day with news. I figure it's going to be even busier throughout the next few days, and it'll probably settle down the next week or two. You know,
0: just kind of in closing, at this point, the Hokies are going to look very different next year. If you want to look at the depth chart, you're going to see – the threes and fours, you're going to see them this year. Those names, you're going to see coming up this season. Something I, think-
1: I wanted to note, John. Sorry about that. I wanted to, yeah. you know, it's something we talked about a couple a couple weeks ago when, when you, Jay, and I were talked last was that we needed a lot of these guys to go to clear out some spots to get more talented guys in. No, no offense to anybody, but we really need to get better. But do you remember at prize season ending press conference where he said 33, 34 difficult conversations? Well. I think we're seeing some of these difficult conversations leaving Blacksburg. I think he's probably, I think he told him that he's taking their scholarship. He'd never do that. I mean, what I'm saying is he's probably saying, this is where I see you. I don't see you as a starter here. And yeah, that's, yeah. A diff, that's a difficult conversation, but that leaves a kid to say, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else. And and kudos to Pry for having those conversations because that's that's how the big boys do it.
0: Yeah, it's been, like I said, I was saying before, it's business. And, and and ultimately, this is going to be a business. And that's why I brought up at the beginning, and it's a good thing to end the segment with. All of Hokey Nation, our fans out there are 10 people who listen to us. I'm sorry. I know there's more than that. We actually have the stats, but I'm just joking. We, we, we are small, but we're good. Here's the deal. Everybody's got to back off the sentimentality. This is now free agency. This is now a business. And this has to be conducted and run like a business without a whole lot of crying and moaning about how wonderful or lovely this young man was or whatever, because a lot of them are. A lot of them are just wonderful guys that you'd love to have around, but they're not gonna win you football games. And the whole object of all of this is winning football games, right? And, you know that's that's the whole nine yards if you don't win football games you you end up being a cupcake for everybody else your program falls into the pit and you you go nowhere
1: yeah it's what we said john a couple of weeks ago when 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 fans have a tendency to read a headline and not the story they see transfer portal they think oh everybody's jumping ship it's cr-. well they don't understand that these are the difficult conversations that pride's having with some of these kids so just just remember um don't, don't get all worried because you see a bunch of guys that enter the portal. That's the plan this offseason, and the plan is to supplement them with more talented players coming back in. Wh- whether that happens or not remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, okay, well, we're going to go for that, a commercial break because that was talking about the Hokies and football, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about college football in general because there's big news this week, wasn't there? So we're, we're going to talk about that big news, and we'll be right back.
1: Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, at Gobbler Country, and check out the website, gobblercountry.com.
0: Hey, we're back, Brian. That big news for football, 12-team playoff, the Pac-12 for the Rose Bowl, basically, but face it, it's the Pac-12 Big Ten capper game, finally sort of backed out of their hardline stance about new year's day face it the money just was going to push them off that pedestal real quick it just like it backed the acc off too. 12 team playoff that's the big news of college football is a major, major not even a major change it is an earthquake
1: yeah It's coming a little bit later than what many people wanted but better better late than never as far as we we know what college football's reasoning is it's about money and only money but for us fans, it's an exciting thing. And um, I know right now, Virginia takes a long, long way from a football playoff. I don't care if it was a, a 48 playoff team playoff right now, but we're a little bit of ways away. But if we get back, if Coach Pride can get us turned back to where Coach Beamer had us in a few years, because it's going to take a few years if we can do it. But if he does, this is our best chance of ever getting to compete in a playoff because we're never going to be a top four we're never going to get because that's reserved for georgia alabama ohio state the occasional michigan the occasional. But georgia alabama ohio state they're going to be there every year and it's going to be a mix of whoever else michigan and whoever else for that for that four spot but i i I took it as positive news i see where why some people wouldn't take it as a positive i like it but Mainly, I want to see us get back to where we could actually be considered a threat. And, you know, while, while that doesn't seem very hopeful right now, going back to our last discussion before I turn it back over to you, John, if you could just land the right quarterback, your fortunes will change dramatically.
0: Yeah, that is true. I mean, it, it's it's been true the whole time. And if you see all of these teams, other than the quarterback or the the administration of the team, and I say administration of the team, because you don't see head coaches like Sabin or really anybody, anybody in that stratosphere, Georgia head coaches, you don't see any of those guys messing around with the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's. They are CEOs. They run their organizations like really tight businesses. They take business decisions. Their sub coaches get moved in and out just as fast as the players do and it's a business for them and staying on top is a business for them it's I, it never was a business for us and that was the difference between tech and the top end of you know in the top end of general stuff and why i'm always telling people who get done and oh we're going to be great one day and i said no we're always going to be average because that's what we are it's not it's not like it's a bad thing we can be good average we can get our heads up every once in a while we can get, catch lightning in the bottle every once in a while if we could get a good quarterback. But our program just doesn't make enough money. It, we don't generate enough revenue. We're in the 40s. We're, we're, we're right around... Marshall, we're right around a lot of the "quote unquote" group of five teams. I tease Joshua all the time; he's a very power five group of five, you know. And and and, and he's right. That's the way it's sorted out. They're not official things, but those designations are going to start going away with this twelve-team playoff. And the reason why it's going to go away is because more and more of this reorganization is happening. The check deck chairs are shuffling, and we're about to see a stewing out of probably two twenty six 20-team conference super conferences where you have 10-team divisions in these 20-team conferences so that they can split up these 12-team playoff and have at least some representation. The problem is a lot of the lower-tier teams... How fair is it to compete 133 or 134 programs for one championship? And, and with the radical disparity, it's like the difference between a freshman high school football player and a senior high school football player. That unless, it's, it, unless it's a freakish freshman, the, the freshman's going to get his butt cream. It's just that there's a physical difference in the whole thing. So I'm of the mind right now. I would have liked to have seen a tighter, more conference-oriented, and I, I, I tease Jay about this all the time. I don't want any polls anywhere. Everything has to be formula. Conference champions only get into the playoffs. And then if you have a wild card, it's the conference champions, like one or two wild cards they have to play in, and that one or two wild cards or something, those are formulas just like in baseball. You know, you know who the wild cards are going to be in baseball, right? Because the wild cards, there's a formula. Okay, you have these teams that won, and then you have the wild cards, and the NFL is the same way. It's the, the next highest, two highest teams. No committees, no anything. Who won on the field? That's what football is all about. And that's what college football has to get back to. And the reason why it has to get back to it, because that's the way you just brought this up in your last, in, in, in what you just said before. What this brings to the table is, oh my Lord, you got a shot at get going all the way. You might be the Cinderella football team this year. You might be the group of five, you know, in scare quotes, the group of five team that runs it all the way into the uh, whatever bowl they're going to sign is the championship bowl game because you just hit that magic sir, and you don't have to depend on impressing any coaches out there for votes or any computer programs out there for votes. Or any, you know, you win it on the field, and if if you can prove that you won it on the field, you proved it, I, and that's what I like about. You know, I'm a, that's why I'm a purist. I mean, that's the way the old NFL leagues were structured. This, and really, the NFL is still structured that way, isn't it? Yeah, and also the FCS is structured that way. Yeah, they do have invitees but they're formula invitees to the championship, uh, to the championship tournament. And you know, that they're they're not like, oh, well, we're gonna reach down and pull out these people because they got more votes than anybody else or because somebody thought their strength of schedule was better than somebody else. It, it, you wanna get to the strength of schedule stuff, I had, a, I had a buddy who had, okay, this is a long time ago and now it's legal to sports bet. Well, they used to have the sports betting sheet and the computer program go around. To one company I work with which shall remain nameless and it was a buck a sheet, you know. So he bought a sheet and, and, and they had a computer program. And what he did was he had like he had like weighting and everything in and pickers and all and all the all the pro games and who was better, what are the odds and all that other stuff. Turns out there's so many different variables that goes on, and just you're not gonna get anything. You just don't know. That's what I love about football. It comes to the day and the first snap and then the last whistle. And what happens by the last whistle? That's what tells you who won that football game and who was the better team at that time. So I like that. I'm hoping that that's what stews out with the final iteration of this playoff. And I don't think this is going to be the final iteration of the playoff. I think this is going to be transitional. And the rest is yours.
1: I think we about summed everything up on that one, you know, on the playoff talk. I like the potential of it, and we'll see where things are. I mean, two, that's two years from now. Who knows what college football is going to look like two years from now. I mean, that's when some of these mega conferences are starting to, like the the USC, UCLA, Oklahoma, Texas. They should be moved into their new conferences by then. So I know the SEC will, but who knows what will happen with, with the ACC by then. I mean, it, it's just hard to tell. It's two years a long time, so uh, who knows how it will look by that time. So. Yeah,
0: like I said, this is transitional. And, hey, we're transitional because we're going to have another podcast, aren't we? Hopefully Jay will be able to join us the next time because I know Jay's got some pretty strong opinions about what's going on too, and he just didn't get a chance to chime in. So, you know, as we wrap this up, and we get closer and closer to Christmas break, we're getting closer and closer to the real throat and heart of basketball season. It's getting exciting. I have not gone through wrestling, and that's what I was hoping Jay was going to be here for because he's the guy up on the wrestling stuff because there have been a couple of tournaments and stuff. So the next time we get together, hopefully Jay will be on there and we'll be able to go over that. So, uh, hey, Brian, what, what, what do we always say at the end of a show?
1: Go Hokies.
0: Go Hokies.